The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Like the mamas and papas said, Monday, Monday, can't trust that day. You have to just keep getting up to see what's going to happen. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, January 30th, 2023, Monday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time in the Missal. It's liturgical year A, cycle one. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. Our saint today is Saint Batildus, born in 626 in England. She was enslaved and taken to Neustria which was part of the Frankish kingdom. In time, she became a trusted member of the court of King Clovis II. She married him in 649 and bore him three sons, Clotaire III, Childeric II, and Thierry III, all of whom became kings. When Clovis died in 657, Batilda served as regent for Clotaire III. She had founded a Benedictine convent at Shell, as well as St. Denis Monastery in Corby. When Clotaire III assumed the throne, Batildus retired to Shell, where she died January 30th, 680. St. Batildus, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Into thy hands, O God, we commend ourselves this day and all those who are dear to us. Let the gift of thy wonderful presence be with us even to the end of the day. Grant that we never lose sight of Thee all the day long, but rather praise and beseech Thee that our thanks may come to Thee again at its close. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that educators may be credible witnesses teaching fraternity rather than competition and helping the youngest and most vulnerable above all. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's 10 Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time a prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. The Gospel offers us a dramatic scene today in which we see our Lord Jesus confront a demoniac and help him, liberate him from the demons that are possessing him. And it's quite a, it's quite a description by the evangelist St. Mark. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when he had come out of the boat, there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces, and no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And so we have this scene, Lord Jesus, in which you walk into a very dark place, a very dark 
and threatening environment in a very dark and threatening situation. In the first place, of course, he's outside of Israel. He's in the country of the Gerasenes on the other side of the sea. And so it's a pagan country. It's a pagan territory. And so they lack the protection of God that the holy people had. They lack the covenant. They lack the prayer life. They lack the revelation and the special love of God that the holy people had as, as his chosen people. And so the pagans were even more susceptible to demonic influence, to evil influence, than were the Israelites, even though we see in the gospel so many people being released from their possession by Jesus. And so he's in a pagan country, and he's in an area of the tombs, the region of the dead. And this is kind of a symbol or an image of what Jesus will do when he dies, he descends into the dead to help the souls who are waiting for heaven to open up. The souls who couldn't go to heaven until Jesus released them from death. And so he goes into this land of darkness, pagan land, without that relationship with God, into the tombs, into death, we could say, or shoal. And there he meets this kind of monstrous figure. It's an incredible description that he had often been bound with chains and he burst the chains asunder. And why would they bind him? Well, because he was threatening. He probably hurt people and threatened people. And he was a, he was a menace, a menace to society, we could say. And they put him in chains and shackles and he would just break them. No one had the strength to subdue him. And he's harming himself with rocks and crying out. It's like a monster, like an evil figure that Jesus comes to confront. So Jesus here is portrayed to us as he truly is. He is our hero. He comes to defeat the monster of sin, the monster of Satan. We can think of all the great clashes in Greek mythology, Perseus, kills Medusa, and Odysseus outsmarts the Cyclops. Or if you're from my generation, you can think of those great rivalries in professional wrestling, Hulk Hogan against Randy Macho Man Savage, or Sergeant Slaughter against the Iron Sheik. Or if you're a little bit younger than I am, you can think of something like Thor versus Loki, or whatever you want. And so this is kind of the, it's a dramatic scene, right? Uh, Jesus is confronting this man who's a menace, who's clearly in the grip of evil, and he's going to win. And the amazing thing is, for our Lord, is that it doesn't take violence. He doesn't have to slam this guy to the ground or cut his head off or bind him with the chains again that other people tried to bind him with. No, what does our Lord do? Our Lord simply tells them to leave, tells those demons in him to get out. And they have to obey him because he's God. God has absolute power over evil, absolute power over sin. This is the confrontation. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. 
And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him eagerly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, Send us to the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them leave. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine, and the herd, numbering about two thousand, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. Amazing power that Jesus has. Demons are rebellious against God by their very nature. All of their being is set, dead set against God, dead set against the will of God. And yet God is so powerful that if he wants to use his power in this way, he can command demons and they have to do what he, (laughs) they have to do what he tells them. And so Jesus needs no sword. He needs no shackles. He needs no weapons. He doesn't have to body slam his opponent. When the opponent is the devil, God is all powerful. Some people raise the question in this passage, and it's a good question, as to why Jesus lets these poor pigs all die. Right? He lets the he lets the demons go into the pigs, and then the pigs, um, driven by the demons, all rush into the sea and drown. And I think here again we have to distinguish between what Jesus allows and what people do of their own free will. And so he just simply lets the demons go into the pigs. It's the demons who are bad who drive the pigs into the sea and cause them all to drown. Apparently pigs can swim, by the way, and so the pigs themselves um, didn't drown just because they were driven into the water, but the demons kind of drowned the pigs you know, in their fury and their despair. And so Jesus just says, okay, you want to go to the pigs? Go into the pigs, but get out of the man. Like, get out of this person. I'm here to save souls. I'm here to save people. And what the demons do in the pigs? Well, that's the demon's prerogative problem, right? God doesn't control all evil. He lets evil happen, obviously, until the end of the world, when all evil will be ultimately, definitively conquered. And that's also a lesson in the priority and the supremacy of spiritual goods over material goods. You know, 2,000 pigs seems like a lot of pigs. I'm not a pig farmer or a cattleman by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that's a lot of pigs. And that probably has something to do with why they come and ask Jesus to leave, right? He just put a dent in their local economy. This is showing us that uh, for God, the value of one soul, the value of one man is worth an infinite amount of anything else. Anything physical has absolutely no comparison to the value of a human being and the human soul, which is eternal, which is created in the image and likeness of God, which God dies for on the cross. Jesus, we ask you, come into the darkness in our heart. Come into the dark places where at times we dwell, or the dark places that exist within us, where we reject God, where we turn away from the light, where we become, in one way or another, a threat to others, not necessarily with violence, but 
Yes, perhaps at times with anger or bitterness or resentment or indifference or coldness. Come into our life, Jesus, and cast out of us anything that rebels against you or is a threat to others. Our Lady, the Queen, Our Lady, terror of demons, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. 16 minutes past the hour, this is Daybreak. It's Monday of the fourth week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin the liturgical day with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is the King of glory, the Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war? Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, 
and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart? How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart? How good God is to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. Yet my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was filled with envy of the proud when I saw how the wicked prosper. For them there are no pains, their bodies are sound and sleek. They have no share in men's sorrows, they are not stricken like others. So they wear their pride like a necklace, they clothe themselves with violence, their hearts overflow with malice, their minds seethe with plots. They scoff, they speak with malice, from on high they plan oppression. They have set their mouths in the heavens, and their tongues dictate to the earth. So the people turn to follow them and drink in all their words. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High take any notice? Look at them, such are the wicked, but untroubled. They grow in wealth. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart! Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. Their, their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. How useless to keep my heart pure! and wash my hands in innocence, when I was stricken all day long, suffered punishment day after day. Then I said, If I should speak like that, I should abandon the faith of your people. I strove to fathom this problem too hard for my mind to understand until I pierced the mysteries of God and understood what becomes of the wicked. 
How slippery the paths on which you set them. You make them slide to destruction. How suddenly they come to their ruin, wiped out, destroyed by terrors. Like a dream one wakes from, O Lord, when you wake, you dismiss them as phantoms. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Their Their laughter laughter will turn to weeping, their their merriment to grief. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. And so when my heart grew embittered, and when I was cut to the quick, I was stupid and did not understand, no better than a beast in your sight. Yet I was always in your presence, You are holding me by my right hand. You will guide me by your counsel, and so you will lead me to glory. What else have I in heaven but you? Apart from you, I want nothing on earth. My body and my heart faint for joy. God is my possession forever. All those who abandon you shall perish You will destroy all those who are faithless. To be near God is my happiness. I have made the Lord God my refuge. I will tell of all your works at the gates of the city of Zion. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. It is good to be with you, Father. In you is fullness of life for your faithful people. In you all hope resides. May you lead us to everlasting happiness. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. To savor your words is my delight, O Lord. Honey itself is not sweeter. From the first letter to the Thessalonians. We thank God constantly that in receiving his message from us, you took it not as the word of men, but as it truly is, the word of God at work within you who believe. Brothers, you have been made like the churches of God in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered the same treatment from your fellow countrymen as they did, from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. Displeasing to God and hostile to all mankind, they tried to keep us from preaching salvation to the Gentiles. All this time they have been filling up their quota of sins, but the wrath has descended upon them at last. Brothers, When we were orphaned by separation from you for a time, in sight, not in mind, we were seized with the greatest longing to see you. So we tried to come to you. I, Paul, tried more than once, but Satan blocked the way. Who, after all, if not you, 
will be our hope or joy or the crown we exalt in before our Lord Jesus that is coming. You are our boast and our delight. That is why, when we could endure it no longer, we decided to remain alone at Athens and send you Timothy. He is our brother and God's fellow worker in preaching the gospel of Christ. And so we sent him to strengthen and encourage you in regard to your faith, lest any of you be shaken by these trials. You know well enough that such trials are our common lot. When we were still with you, we used to warn you that we would undergo trial. Now it has happened, and you know what we meant. That is why I sent to find out about your faith when I could stand the suspense no longer, fearing that the tempter had put you to the test and all our labor might have gone for nothing. But now, brothers, since Timothy has returned to us from you, reporting the good news of your faith and love, and telling us that you constantly remember us and are as desirous to see us as we are to see you, we have been much consoled by your faith throughout our distress and trial, so much so that we shall continue to flourish only if you stand firm in the Lord. What thanks can we give to God for all the joy we feel in his presence because of you? As we ask him fervently night and day that we may see you face to face and remedy any shortcomings in your faith. May God himself, who is our Father, and our Lord Jesus make our path to you a straight one. And may the Lord increase you and make you overflow with love for one another and for all, even as our love does for you. May he strengthen your hearts, making them blameless and holy before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. May the Lord be generous in making your hearts overflow with love for one another and for all peoples. And may he confirm your hearts in holiness. May our Lord himself inspire your hearts with courage. And may he confirm your hearts in holiness. A reading from a commentary on the Psalms by St. Hilary of Poitiers, Bishop. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. It is good and pleasant for brothers to dwell in unity, because when they do so, their association creates the assembly of the church. The term brothers describes the bond of affection arising from their singleness of purpose. We read that when the apostles first preached, the chief instruction they gave lay in this saying, The hearts and minds of all believers were one. So it is fitting for the people of God to be brothers under one Father, to be united under one Spirit, to live in harmony under one roof, to be limbs of one body. It is pleasant and good for brothers to dwell in unity, the prophet suggested a comparison for this good and pleasant activity when he said, It is like the ointment on the head, which ran down over the beard of Aaron, down upon the collar of his garment. Aaron's oil was made of the perfumes used to anoint a priest. It was God's decision that his priest should have this consecration first, and that our Lord, too, should be anointed 
but not visibly, by those who are joined with him. Aaron's anointing did not belong to this world. It was not done with the horn used for kings, but with the oil of gladness. So afterward Aaron was called the Anointed One, as the law prescribed. When this oil is poured out upon men of unclean heart, it snuffs out their lives. But when it is received as an anointing of love, it exudes the sweet odor of harmony with God. As Paul says, we are the goodly fragrance of Christ. So just as it was pleasing to God when Aaron was anointed priest with this oil, so it is good and pleasant for brothers to dwell in unity. Now the oil ran down from his head to his beard. A beard adorns a man of mature years. We must not be children before Christ, except in the restricted scriptural sense of being children in wickedness, but not in our way of thinking. Now Paul calls all who lack faith children, because they are too weak to take solid food and still need milk. As he says, I fed you with milk rather than the solid food for which you were not ready, and you are still not ready. We are all one body in Christ, and in the one body we are all members of one another. Yet the measures of grace Christ gives to each of us is different. In the one Spirit we were all baptized, and all of us have been given to drink of the one Spirit. Yet the measure of grace Christ gives to each of us is different. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honor you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. 24 minutes before the hour, today's gospel is coming right up, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. There are just so many things going on in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible. Give it a listen. It's from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. When Jesus had come out of the boat, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, even with a chain, for he had often been bound with fetters and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart and the fetters he broke in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus eagerly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of swine was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, 
Send us to the swine. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine. The herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine. They began to beg Jesus to depart from their neighborhood. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all men marveled. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. It's rather fascinating that the people came out to meet Jesus and said, please go away. Now, do we do that sometimes too? Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. And among the people who dwelt in that region, some were foolish, St. John Chrysostom comments. This can be seen very clearly from the way this whole episode ends. For when they should have fallen down in adoration and wonder at his power, they send a message to him begging him to depart from their neighborhood. Jesus went to visit them, and they were unable to understand who was there in spite of the wonders he had worked. Not recognizing Jesus was this people's greatest folly. Our Lord passes close to us every day of our lives. If our heart is bent on acquiring and accumulating material things, we will not recognize him. And there are many ways, some of them very indirect and subtle, of asking him to leave our neighborhood, to quit our lives. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Our own experience tells us of the danger we run in concentrating on earthly goods. We know how easily they can lead to symptoms of a disordered desire for more and greater such goods. Self-satisfaction, comfort, luxury, giving in to our whims spending money unnecessarily. And we see, too, what is happening around us. Many people, especially in economically advanced areas, seem to be dominated by material considerations. Almost all of their personal and social lives are permeated with what can only be described as a kind of economic mentality. They think that their happiness lies in material goods, and they succumb entirely to vivid longings to attain them. We have to be detached from all our belongings. Thus, we will be able to use everything on earth in the way that accords best with the will of God. Our heart will be for Him only and for the good things of God that never fail. Detachment makes of life a delightful way of austerity and effectiveness. 
A Christian should frequently ask himself a series of questions. Does he remain ever vigilant so as not to fall into a spirit of comfort, into a sort of self-satisfaction, which is in no way compatible with being a disciple of Christ? Does he try not to create superfluous needs? Do the things of earth bring him closer to or take him further away from God? We always can and should be abstemious in our personal needs, tightening up on superfluous expenditure, not giving in to mere whims, overcoming the tendency to create false needs, and being generous in almsgiving. Today, too, we can consider in our prayer whether we are prepared to cast away from us anything that prevents us from coming close to Christ, just as Bartimaeus did, that blind man who begged for alms just outside Jericho. We should not allow to happen to us what happened to the Gerasenes. All the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their neighborhood. On the contrary, we must say to him, in the words of that prayer of St. Benedict for use after Holy Communion, Be thou ever my heritage of wealth, my very own. Let my heart and soul be set on thee forever. Lord, to whom would I go without you? In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, and once again we pray with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. O Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to the next. Before the mountains were born, or the earth or the world brought forth, you are God without beginning or end. You turn men back to dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. You sweep men away like a dream, like grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers, By evening it withers and fades. So we are destroyed in your anger, struck with terror in your fury. Our guilt lies open before you, our secrets in the light of your face. All our days pass away in your anger. Our life is over like a sigh. Our span is seventy years or eighty those who are strong. And most of these are emptiness and pain. They pass swiftly, and we are gone. Who understands the power of your anger and fears the strength of your fury? Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. Lord, relent. Is your anger forever? Show pity to your servant. 
In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exalt and rejoice all our days. Give us joy to balance our affliction for the years when we knew misfortune. Show forth your work to your servants. Let your glory shine on their children. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. Give success to the work of our hands. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it it was was in in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, send your mercy and your truth to rescue us from the snares of the devil, and, happy to be known as companions of your Son, we will praise you among the peoples and proclaim you to the nations. Each morning, Lord, you fill us with your kindness. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. From the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. Sing to the Lord a new song, His praise from the end of the earth. Let the sea and what fills it resound, the coastlands and those who dwell in them. Let the steppe and its cities cry out, the villages where Kedar dwells. Let the inhabitants of Sila exalt and shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and utter his praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes forth like a hero. Like a warrior, he stirs up his ardor. He shouts out his battle cry. Against his enemies, he shows his might. I have looked away and kept silence. I have said nothing, holding myself in. But now I cry out as a woman in labor, gasping and panting. I will lay waste mountains and hills. All their herbage I will dry up. I will turn the rivers into marshes, and the marshes I will dry up. I will lead the blind on their journey by paths unknown. I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and make crooked ways straight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. From From the the farthest bounds of earth, may God be praised. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him, servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing a psalm to his name, for he is loving. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself and Israel for his own possession. For I know the Lord is great, that our Lord is high above all gods. The Lord does whatever he wills, in heaven, on earth, 
in the seas. He summons clouds from the ends of the earth, makes lightning produce the rain. From his treasuries he sends forth the wind. The firstborn of the Egyptians he smote, of man and beast alike. Signs and wonders he worked in the midst of your land, O Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his servants. Nations in their greatness he struck, and kings in their splendor he slew. Sion, king of the Amorites, Og, the king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. He let Israel inherit their land. On his people, their land he bestowed. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Where two or three gather in your name, Lord, you promise to be with them and share their fellowship. Look down upon your family gathered here in your name, and graciously pour out your blessing upon us. You who stand in his sanctuary, praise the name of the Lord. A reading from the book of Judith. We should be grateful to the Lord our God for putting us to the test as he did our forefathers. Recall how he dealt with Abraham and how he tried Isaac and all that happened to Jacob in Syrian Mesopotamia while he was tending the flocks of Laban, his mother's brother. Not for vengeance did the Lord put them in the crucible to try their hearts, nor has he done so with us. It is by way of admonition that he chastises those who are close to him. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing a new song to the Lord. Give him the praise that is due. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He He promised to to show mercy to our fathers and and to remember his his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. 
in the the tender tender compassion of our God, that the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Because Christ hears and saves those who hope in him, let us pray. We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. We We praise praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. you. We thank you because you are rich in mercy. And for the abundant love with which you have loved us. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. With the Father, you are always at work in the world. Make all things new through the power of your Holy Spirit. We We praise you, Lord. We hope in you. Open our eyes and the eyes of our brothers. To see your wonders this day. We We praise you, Lord. We we hope in you. You call us today to your service. Make us stewards of your many gifts. We We praise you, Lord. We We hope in you. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as as we we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, our Creator, you gave us the earth to cultivate and the sun to serve our needs. Help us to spend this day for your glory and our neighbor's good. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. It's a Monday and morning air is coming up in just a few minutes with John and Glenn. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.